0: Yes, sir. You already know what time it is. Bronx bias podcast, episode fifty-two
1: Swagged out, familiar be bringing them.
0: I still
2: got the trap house. back
0: out. Blow back out. New York is back, baby. It's been seventy degrees outside all week. Breeze, we it outside, outside. Give it When I see police, then we gang low. That's another, another zone. that's another Ice in the VVs. Now she gonna get greasy. I got all this water on me like Fiji. but I'm posted up with hats in the sleeves. Yeah. They go straight to the Mada, Then I'm up in the chop hitting the cha
1: Open his Lada, Then he my Damn, son, where'd you find this? Damn, son, where'd
0: you find this? The Lada, my This really my shit Ooh. Bitch, on my side it's a movie hey. Blue cheese I swear I'm addicted to blue cheese I gotta
1: stick to this paper like blue sleep. Uh. Bitch, I buy my chicken like it's a two-piece You can have your bitch back, she a groupie She just
2: swallow all my kids in a two-seat We'll do it live. Fuck it.
0: Do it live. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 52 of the Bronx Bias Podcast. I am your host. My name is Denzel, a.k.a. Harry Potter, a.k.a. DeBron James. And we are back like Jordan wearing the faux five. I want to start by saying thank you to everyone who tunes in, who likes, who subscribes, who shares and who supports. Thank you to everyone who is active and engaging with me on the social media platforms. I truly, truly, truly appreciate all the love and all the support I receive from y'all. Thank you to all the essential workers out there still busting their ass. And thank you to all the people out here who are continuously using their voices to affect change in a positive way. We always, 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 always have to start the shows with the thank yous because the thank yous are very, very, very important. And man, we're going to have a great show today, man. We're going to have a great show. We got a lot of shit to talk about. Let me first say the weather has been impeccable incredible i'm ready to <laughs> i'm ready to wear less and go out more okay like it's been real nice and i don't want to get carried away you know what i'm saying 60 a few days it was like 68 one day 63 another day 67 another day it was it's been pretty good you know what i'm saying and, and you know what i'm saying the, the sun getting a little stronger the sun going down a little later too you know what i'm saying it might be outside season might be fastly approaching might be fast might be approaching faster than we thought it would and that's all i can say i don't want to get too hyped, you know because the weather could drop down to 22 tomorrow you know what i'm saying and it'll be snowing and shit so i enjoyed this little week but i ain't gonna get spoiled i ain't gonna get spoiled that's for sure but I'm liking this weather, okay? I am liking this weather. And I'm in an amazing mood. I'm in a tremendous mood. I am ready to go. So let's get it.
1: I am in a very, very, very good mood.
0: Today's intro was an amazing song. This song is probably my favorite song right now. Like, my favorite song out right now. Man, it is called Whoopty by CJ off of the album loyalty over royalty and man like it's it's fire like this is a song that you play when you are outside when you are getting into the business okay that shit come on it just it just do something different to you you know what i'm saying and last episode i played pop smoke invincible but like this is this is kind of what i was like trying to say like pop smoke not necessarily invented the drill sound he didn't but he made it he changed it made it a little different so for a guy like cj i'm certain that cj has heard um invincible i'm sure he's heard welcome to the party i'm sure he's heard you know uh christopher walken or uh uh, dior you know what i'm saying and he made a song that is like that and it's fire like so I just hope that Pop, like, his family and shit is, like, taken care of when niggas co-opt the sound that he ushered in and make hits with it. Because Whoopty's a hit. Like, Whoopty is a hit. And I'm sure CJ is going to get a nice little piece of change. So, you know, the same he was inspired. You can't say. There's no, there's no way that you could say that he was not inspired by Pop Smoke again. Rest in peace. So, I feel like they should do something where his family reaps some kind of benefit from that if, if you know what i'm saying like whoop is not possible without Dior, or without welcome to the party without invincible it's not it's just not so you know i i hope that you know they take care of pop's family and whatever they can in whatever way that they can um because it's something that they should do you know what i'm saying it's like he ushered in the sound cj's a new york artist i'm sure he's been to hella parties where pop smoke was going up and he went home and cooked up this so i I just hope that i just hope to see that pop's family is being rewarded for his culture contribution and um they're not being forgot about and but man woopty's woopty is hard like this shit is hard it's it's hard, bro. It's like this shit is fucking crazy. It's great. So shout out to CJ, and I want to see what he cooks up next. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what he can cook up next. So again, shout out to CJ. Now it's time for my favorite, 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 favorite segment of the podcast. It is called Bronx Facts. For those of you guys who do not know, or maybe it's your first time listening to the show, Bronx Facts is a segment I like to do at the beginning of each show, just to give one fact about the Bronx, New York, that people may not know, that people may have never heard before, just to try and show how many great things, how many great ideas, and how many great people come from the Bronx, New York. So, without any further ado, your Bronx Fact for today is... The Woodlawn Cemetery, located at 4199 Webster Avenue, is perhaps the final resting place of more famous people than any other place in the world. Amongst the most notable of names that rest there are Roland H. Macy, the founder of Macy's, James Cash Penny, the founder of J.C. Penny, legendary Latin artist Celia Cruz. F.W. Woolworth of Woolworth Department Store fame, composer Irving Berlin, and jazz musicians such as Duke Ellington and Miles Davis. It is also an open-air art gallery, a living history museum, and an urban oasis that attracts 100,000 visitors every year from all over the world. And that is your Bronx Fact for episode number 52.
1: Yes! Yes! Damn, son, where'd
0: you find this? All right, so we are getting right to the shits today. Our top topic this week is about the biggest shit bubbling right now. It's about that stimmy. Them stimmies is about to hit, okay? Them stimmies is about to come through, all right? We are talking about the recently signed COVID relief bill. The House gave final passage Wednesday to a 1.9 trillion COVID-19 relief package that will deliver $1,400 stimulus checks to millions of Americans, extend enhanced unemployment benefits, and boost funding to ramp up vaccine distribution and reopen schools. The 220 to 211 vote sends the legislation to President Joe Biden for his signature, securing him his first legislative victory since he took office less than two months ago. The Senate passed the bill in a 50 to 49 vote Saturday after making changes to the original version passed by the House. This is a critical moment in our country's history. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said before the vote, mentioning more than mentioning the more than 500,000 people in the U.S., who have died from the virus and the millions more who have lost their jobs she says quote today we have a real opportunity for change the bill passed with near unanimous democratic support without any republican votes a sharp contrast that raises the political stakes of the measure the legislation will grant fourteen hundred dollar direct payments To individuals making under $75,000 and $2,800 to married couples who make less than $150,000. Individuals making up to $80,000 and joint filers who make up to $160,000 will get some money, but not the full amount. The direct cash includes. Up to $1,400 per dependent, including adult dependents. The bill provides $300 a week in enhanced jobless benefits through September the 6th, and it will expand the annual child tax credit to $3,600 for children up to age five and $3,000 for children ages 6 to 17. The vote on the final passage comes weeks after negotiations between the White House and the lawmakers, which involved Republicans trying to slow the process and some hiccups that arose within Democratic caucuses when Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia considered teaming up with Republicans to upend a intra party deal involving jobless benefits. In addition to the direct payments and the child tax credits, the bill will provide $14 billion to distribute vaccines and $49 billion for COVID-19 testing, contact tracing, and personal protective equipment, or PPE. It also includes $125 billion for K-12 schools and nearly $40 billion for higher education. It will provide thirty nine billion in childcare grants, twenty five billion in rental assistance, and thirty billion for public transit as well. After the Senate passed the measure, Biden said it was quote, one more giant step forward in delivering on his promise that help is on the way, touting the direct financial assistance to Americans. So the STIMIS is on the way, okay? The Stimmies is on the way. No need to panic. But I don't know if you guys picked up on that. The one thing I'm going to say about it, I'm not going to nitpick. I'm happy that the Stimmies is coming out. People need that money, pay their bills, keep their lights on, etc. We've waited so long to receive it. You know what I'm saying? Like They've been fighting about it for so long. Finally, we're actually going to get it. But I don't know if you guys noticed. What I, after what, something numbers that i was reading about how, all the billions of dollars that would be allocated to these you know different places now i'm not gonna go conspiracy man i'm not gonna put my tinfoil hat on but can you notice how lawmakers and shit can just pull money out they ass when they want to do it you know what i'm saying like billions here billions there billions here billions there billions for this billions for that not millions not thousands billions so i don't know that's the only thing that like get, made me give it the side eye i'm happy for the stimmies and hopefully don't go go don't go crazy you know what i'm saying in new york all right the weather is a little warm i know city island's going up on a tuesday don't go crazy with the stimmies don't be buying no gucci don't be buying no dior don't wild out be responsible okay if you want a crab leg or two, just get that. Don't go crazy. You can have a crab leg. I'm mad if you want a crab leg, but don't go crazy. Be responsible with your money. But it's so weird. It's just so strange to me about how like lawmakers could always say like, "Oh, there's no money for this. There's no money for that. There's no money for this. Or there's no money for that." But when it comes time, they find that money somehow, some way. They find it. It's it's something that just. Always gives me to quote Stephen A. Smith cause to pause like that's not that's not regular degular stuff like that's real deal money. And they just so happen to find it somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, that's just that's just my cynical, my cynicalness. Like, I don't trust nothing like, you know what I'm saying? But again, I'm so happy for everyone out there. Get their stemmies, make the money work for you. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to go crazy with it. You could stash it or pay your bills or, you know, what I'm saying pay rent, you know, do what you got to do. Be responsible with this money, because I firmly believe that this is the last stimmy that we getting. So, you know, you could call us all stimmy turnout here. You know what I'm saying? We got our little joints. We ain't need Cosmo Wanda for it either. All right. But again, be responsible with that money. You know what I'm saying? Do what you can to make it work for you. If you can flip it somehow, don't go crazy. Don't be doing them cash at money wheels because that shit is straight up bullshit. That's true boo bullshit. Forex and all that is risky. It's high risk. So I don't know. You know, I wouldn't suggest doing that, but just make sure, you know, that with this money, whenever it comes, because, you know, it's going to take longer for some people than others. Just be responsible, you know what I'm saying? Just be responsible. You could treat yourself to a crab leg or two, to a lobster tail, but other than that, make sure all your shit is is ready, all your shit is paid, you know what I'm saying? And and be, re- really make sure because you know that this is the last one. It took this long to get 3 stimmies, totaling, I think the first one was 14, the second one was 600, so that's 2000 plus 1400. It took Over a year, it took maybe a year and some change to get a total of $3,400 for people who probably have been out of work for over 12 months. So be responsible with that motherfucking stimmy, all right? We stimmy turnout here, but we can't be broke out here, all right? Be responsible with that. Shout out to the people who finally made it happen. I'm not going to nitpick. I'm happy that the shit's coming out. Shout out to everybody who was involved. Fuck the Republicans who tried to stifle that shit. You know, the Republicans got their heads up their asses anyway. If it don't concern Bible shit or uh, uh, abortion laws, you know, the Republicans will try to deny every other shit that comes out. But again, be responsible with that money. I'm happy that we getting it. And, you know, I'm saying make it work for you. That's all I got on the STEMI. I'm happy it's coming out. I'm happy it's coming out We didn't need Cosmo and Wanda for this one Because we Stimmy Turner, alright We Stimmy Turners out here But, again, still Be responsible with that bread
1: mm-hmm. I've got my stimulus yeah. yeah. check no, no, no I've got my stimulus check yeah. And I'm happy
0: Shout out to uh, Pops the Singer. That's his name. That's the guy who's singing about the stimulus stimulus checks. Um, i seen it on Instagram. I thought it was the funniest shit ever. I saw it. I think he's on Instagram. I think he's on TikTok and maybe YouTube. I'm not sure. But his name on Instagram, if you want to see it, is Pops the Singer, period, underscore. And it's just an older guy, maybe in his, like, 50s or something. And he's just singing. Like, he sings about a whole bunch of different things, but the stimulus check videos had me rolling. So I was like, I'm putting this shit on the pod. So shout out to Pops the Singer. And moving right along, you guys can follow me and hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Rogers Neighborhood. Instagram is R-O-D-G-E-R-S Neighborhood, N E I G H B O R H O O D. Twitter is Rogers Neighborhood, R-O-D-G-E-R-S, Neighborhood N-G-H-B-R-H-D. There are no vowels in Neighborhood on Twitter. And I'm saying it and repeating it for the one millionth time because... I ask you guys weekly to send in comments, questions, concerns, feedback, constructive criticism, whatever you have for me. And you guys never let me down. I'm so appreciative and thankful for it. So without any further ado, we're going to answer some of the questions that we have received here. The first one says, what is a suggestion for Hollywood that they should have done years ago? Oh, this is a great question. This is a great question. My number one Hollywood suggestion. And again, remember, movie theaters are slowly opening back up. Um, They're going to, you know, obviously reservation based, but they're filling up about 25 percent capacity. Movies are going to start coming out. Big summer movies are going to start coming out. Number one suggestion for Hollywood. Number one, make Idris Elba James Bond. How has this not happened yet? The smoothest. Like the smoothest, most elegant, dope dude, brother from London, England. So it's not like he's going to fake an accent from London to be James Bond. All the women love Idris Elba. It's going to get women to watch. And he's just a super cool dude. Like he's like one of the coolest dudes. Make Idris Elba James Bond, okay? This This has got to stop. We need to... Petition Hollywood. I'm about to make a change.org petition. Make Idris Elba James Bond. Okay, now no disrespect to homie. Uh, what's the homie who do it now? What's his name? Because the movies be alright. What's his name? What is James to, to, to do? Who played James Bond? I think his name is like Craig something. It's like Craig Daniel or Craig. Um, fuck. What is his name? Daniel Craig. That's his name. Daniel Craig. Shout out to him. He cool too. I I watched. I watched his Bond movies. They was alright. And the OG homie, uh, Pierce Brosnan, with Halle Berry, they did good with James Bond. And Sean Connery, of course, rest in peace. But this is what needs to happen, okay? Idris Elba, James Bond, okay, that needs to happen sooner than later. It's a million dollar, billion dollar idea. So the shit gotta happen, goddamn it. The shit gotta happen. We we gotta make that happen. So the Bronx Buys Podcast will lead the charge to make Idris Elba become the new James Bond. Facts. Facts. That that shit will go crazy. It will go crazy because it's not like he don't qualify. He's from London. He's super dope. Every time I see him, he's flexing his muscles or some shit or he's been in the fucking action movies. He was in the fucking uh, Fast and the Furious movie with the Rock shit. It was like the fucking Black Terminator or some shit. He is qualified, all right so that is my answer. Hollywood suggestion that they should have done years ago Idris Alba, James Bond facts. and next question and the last one for today because we got some other shit to talk about says where is that we will do it live clip from Ah okay, okay okay I kind of don't even want to tell you you know I kind of want to keep that as a secret but it's fine you ask the question. I will answer it for you. For those who don't know, every show, after I play my air horns after the intro, I play a clip of someone saying, we'll do it live. I'll play it for you, actually, right now so you can hear it.
2: We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live.
0: So that is actually Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly, when he was working for... Inside Edition, now we all know you. Obviously you've heard that name before And he is usually attributed with being a dickhead And being an asshole and harassing people And being racist and all that shit Which is true, but that clip Was when he was working for Inside Edition And the the whole jux of the clip is He's trying to read The teleprompter But he can't read it, and he doesn't understand What they're trying to ask him to say So, over the, the Course of the full clip Is him just getting more and more and more frustrated with the issue with the teleprompter and him having difficulty understanding what they're trying to get him to say to end his show. And when I seen it, I was like, this is the funniest shit ever. Because Bill O'Reilly will make you think like he's this smart guy. He's so pretentious and shit. But here's a clip of him. He literally just can't read something. And now he got an attitude about it. And I was like, this is hilarious. And I need to find a way to incorporate this into the show. So I clipped it and just had to do it live part. But what I'm going to do for you is I'm going to play the entire clip. It's about a minute and change long. And it's basically Bill O'Reilly trying to end his show. And he's having difficulty reading the teleprompter. And he's having difficulty trying to understand what the producers want him to say. And it's just super hilarious. So here it is, Bill O'Reilly. This is the origins of We Will Do It Live.
2: That's tomorrow. And that is it for us today. Okay, I don't know. Whatever it is, it's not right on the teleprompter. I don't know what that is. I've never seen that. No, there is. We are going to do Sting, yeah. Okay, but. Okay. It's now, I can't read it. There's no There's no words on it. Okay. Okay. Sure. There's yeah. no words there. To play us out. What does that mean? To play us out. It's, Sting is going to do... It's a video. Sting video. Okay. What is For credits. I don't know what that means, to play us out. What does that mean? To end the show? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Go. Go. In five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is a okay. In five, four... that's tomorrow and that is it for us today and we will leave you with a i I can't do it we'll do it live okay we'll We'll do it live fuck it do it live i can i'll write it and we'll do it live fucking thing sucks in five four three that's tomorrow and that is it for us today i'm bill o'reilly thanks again for watching we'll leave you with sting and a cut off his new album take it away
0: (laughs) now two things about the clip right first is like super hilarious like he can't read the teleprompter and he's here's this guy who thinks he's the smartest fucking guy in the world and he can't do something basic as read the teleprompter but i will say something i have to even see where I identify with this sometimes when I'm doing the show and I'm reading something like an article or if I have to read my Bronx fact or anything like that yo when I can't get it right I really be upset like and I have to re-record it and re-record it and re-record it over to get it right oh I'll be so mad it, it makes me so mad like if I'm reading the fact and I keep messing up on the same word or if I keep you know stuttering through it or something like that I'll be tight I be tight, and after like re-record it like six times or something just to get it right, it really upsets me. So I can't even say like I can't even say like I I don't even relate to the brother on that one because you just trying to you finish your shit and you can't get it right and it it's like really annoying. But still, fuck Bill O'Reilly because he's a racist and pretentious and all that other bullshit. So, but yeah, like I I kind of identify with that though. Like reading shit and you can't get it right. Oh man, it's it's really frustrating, but still, fuck him, fuck him. Uh, <laughs> and yes, that is that is the origins of the "We will do it live, fuck it, we'll do it live" clip. And thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you guys so much for the questions. Thank you for the love. Thank you for the support. I truly, truly appreciate it. You guys have been so supportive of me, man. It's it's so great. It just, man, I I can't even like go into detail with it because I might start crying or some shit. But it's just so great, man. You guys really fuck with me. You support me. You're sending questions and stuff. And I truly appreciate it. And um, I hope to answer more and more and more and more of you guys' questions. So thank you guys once again. Next on the docket, what we have is two stories of what's becoming the Bronx Bias Podcast's specialty called okay so we had the white rioters Kellyanne Conway Jeffrey Tubin, Jessica Krug you know Rachel Dozo Horo the guy who went into the town hall meeting asking about boneless chicken wings you know I'm saying we got a we just had a um what's the other shit uh the 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 reseller on Nike the Nike executive who's bankrolling her son's reseller shit Caucasity shows itself in many forms and in many fashions so we have two caucasity stories to get to this week, um, and we're going to start with the Oprah interview with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. But hey, here <laughs> we go. Meghan, the Duchess of Sussex, had an exclusive interview with her husband Prince Harry and Oprah Winfrey, which aired Sunday night. The explosive interview detailed their tense relationship with the British royal family and the racism that led them breaking away. Winfrey used her platform to give the Duchess a voice. She spoke the truth that many black women have felt, having to deal with racial microaggressions in silence with a smile. During the two-hour interview, the Duchess spoke on the impact of being an unprotected member of the royal family and how that led her to have a mental health crisis, even contemplating suicide as a means to get out. I just didn't want to be alive anymore, she said. And that was a very clear... Very real and frightening, constant thought. After the couple fled to Canada, they were cut off from the royal coffers and were not offered protection except from Tyler Perry. Shout out to Tyler Perry, man. (laughs) Stepping up for for a black queen. Stepping up for a black queen. Shout out to Tyler Perry, man. Medea will will show love, all right? Shout out to Medea. He put them up in his mansions and paid for their security until they can get on their feet again we didn't have a plan the duchess told winfrey the expecting mom said the invitation from perry a close friend of hers gave her breathing room to try and figure out what they were going to do the internet rallied around the duchess harry and their son archie after the interview after especially after learning that their unborn child was facing racist attacks from the family We have in tandem the conversation of he won't be given security. He's not going to be given a title and also concerns and conversations about how dark his skin might be when he is born. Megan said tennis star Serena Williams and close friend of the Duchess penned a letter in solidarity saying how proud she was of her for opening opening up about her struggles. She says, quote. I know firsthand the sexism and racism institutions and the media use to vilify women of color, to minimize us, to break us down, and to demonize us. We must recognize our obligation to decry malicious, unfounded gossip and tabloid journalism. The mental health consequences of systemic oppression and victimization are devastating, isolating, and all too often lethal. So that's the article. So basically... The Duchess of Sussex, the Duchess of Sussex, Meghan Markle, who is a, a black woman, uh, married into the royal family, married Prince Harry, and has been facing issues and, and backlash since they were married. Obviously, because when you put the words old, rich, and British in a sentence, that usually equals racist, right? Let's not act like we don't know. So, you know, she came, and they've been on the you know they've been they've been on the run for a little while. They've been on the run not on the run like they you know uh you know about to get arrested or something but they've been on the run for a little while like trying to leave and break break free and you know the interview just detailed like basically like you know the the racism that they were receiving you know what i'm saying and how as a black woman she had to deal with this family their wealth their history and falling in love with her with one of the sons so You know, I had a few thoughts about the interview in general. Um, One, shout out to Oprah, lefty. You know, you already know the vibes. You know, I fuck with all my lefties. And um, the second is, part of me is like, I really don't give a fuck because this is not something new. I mean, maybe to certain people it is, but we know that the royal family in Britain and Britain in general is just one of the most racist places ever. Like... I would even dare to say that Britain could be more racist than America. It's just that America, we're more vocal. Britain is racist, but they try to keep it quiet. But, you know, it's like, I'm not going to fault Megan for falling in love with who she fell in love with. Definitely not. You can't say, Oh, she's complicit because she married into the family and she knows what the they there, what they about. Like she fell in love with the son. She didn't fall in love with the family. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure you guys have experienced that like you know you go out on a date with a girl or a guy if you're a woman or who however you align in your sexual orientation I'm not trying to do that all that. however you align in your sexual orientation you go out on a date with a person you like them you're interested in them, you're dating, you're having a great time together, and then you meet their family, and you're like, what the fuck, like, but that's no fault on you, you fell in love with the person, you didn't fall in love with their family, so, you know, you could compartmentalize, but for people out there who, like, really, like, surprised by this, it's kind of strange, like, we glorify the quote-unquote queen of England, we do all this shit, oh, look at her, she's waving, they put her in this bulletproof bubble, like, seriously who gives a flying fuck about the royal family i don't i don't know like I, there's a lot of people who care you know what i'm saying that oprah interview went crazy on the rating and the ad space was crazy. they was selling ads on that shit for like 350k per ad some super bowl type shit so a lot of people do have vested interests but it's like why do you even give a fuck about these people you know what i'm saying like these are the most evil racist people in in the world some of the most evil and racist people in the world and because they have uh empire of wealth that they got under nefarious means let's not even get it started on how the royal family acquired their wealth you know what i'm saying like that we're supposed to just give a fuck when they do racist shit and they've always been racist it's like you you know it's kind of hard for me to like it's kind of hard for me to like separated it's like i see that a black woman is experiencing racism and that's terrible and i don't want any black person to experience racism it's an unfortunate evil of the world racism but at the same time it's like you can't be surprised that these these people over in britain buckingham palace and shit are racist because it's the old it's the easiest math equation old rich british equals racist (laughs) that's that's how it goes like old rich and british equals racist but again i'm proud of megan for telling her story and and being open with her experience you know usually when it's when it's a person against a family or when the family has a lot of power and there's a person who has dissent oftentimes they are even silenced i think oprah said that were you silent or were you silenced and Normally, in normal circumstances, people deal with these microaggressions or upright, out out front aggressions in silence. They don't say anything because they're worried about security. They're worried about protection. They're worried about being murdered or being persecuted or whatever. And they usually keep their mouth shut. But Meghan Markle, a black woman, is like, fuck that. You know what I'm saying? Fuck that. These motherfuckers is racist. Like they were asking her about how dark the child would be before it was born. And Meghan Markle is a fair-skinned woman. Like, if you've seen Meghan Markle before, I'm sure you guys have, she's very light. She's very fair-skinned. And she's even white-passing. If you met Meghan Markle on the street and you didn't know it was Meghan Markle, you would probably have a thought. Like, wow, okay, white woman. You probably wouldn't even think about it. Like, okay, okay, she's a nice, nice-looking nice white woman you w- she's because she's white-passing. So even that, the lightness of her skin didn't matter they were treating her like she was going to have a baby like you know really really dark like it is just like wow like you sometimes the racism is just like i think dave chappelle said this before you ever experienced something so racist that you didn't even get mad you know what i'm saying like you just looking at her like damn that was racist like you know what i'm saying like Meghan markle is really light prince harry is white And they're worried about how dark the baby's going to be. You know what I'm saying? Like, So, you know, it's a really, actually, it's a really nasty story. It's a really fucked up story. It's a story that no one should have to go with. And that's why so many people have reservations on interracial dating. Now, I'm not the guy, you know what I'm saying? I'm not really interested in the white bread but whatever floats your boat out there, you know what I'm saying? I'm not here to judge or say what's right or what's wrong. But a lot of people have reservations to interracial dating because from both sides, you will experience racism, whether it's like the white family is trying to be too black to think they they have to relate to you that way. And just like, bro, I'm a person, like you can talk to me regular. Or it's like, People giving you the side, people don't agree with your life decisions, or in Serena Williams' case, they're trying to demonize her for marrying a white person. And, you know, that's why a lot of people are hesitant toward it. And it's understandable because you shouldn't have to subject yourself to racism or racist remarks or inappropriate comments or inappropriate actions due to who you fall in love with. Fundamentally, you fall in love with who you fall in love with. You shouldn't have to deal with all these ancillary things that cause you discomfort because the person that you fell in love with, the person that you're interested in is a different skin color than you are. Racism at its core is one of the most is the stupidest thing in the world at its core. Racism is basically because you are a different skin color than me because of my skin is darker than yours. You believe that you are one superior And two, that we deserve less, that we're second class citizens only because our skin is dark. It's the stupidest fucking thing in the world. I swear to God, it is. It is so fucking stupid because if we both get cuts, the blood that comes out of us is red. We both have brains, we both have hearts, we both have lungs, internal organs, kneecaps, legs, feet. We're the same. We're literally the same. We, we have all bodily functions are the same. Like, it's the dumbest... It's the dumbest thing ever. It's so stupid. Like, just the, the fundamental concept of racism is so stupid. <laughs> it is so stupid. Anyway, that's just off on from the tangent. Um. Anyway, but after the interview, you know, obviously they tried to make up... The, they tried to do the cleanup. Oh, the queen is like, oh... I don't know about this. This has never happened. Or I wasn't around when these things happened to Meghan and Harry, blah, blah, blah. But that's a bullshit. That's a straight up lie. It's a straight up lie. You know it's a lie because if it wasn't an issue, right, if it wasn't an issue, they wouldn't have left. And you're the queen. So you have, quote, unquote, the most power. And if you know your son and your daughter-in-law are leaving, you have to know why. You like it's if I go on vacation, the first thing I do is tell my mom how long I'm leaving, where I'm going, where I'm staying at. She is aware. Like it's that's so stupid. He's got married to this person and then he decided to leave. You had no information. You were not privy. Please, give me a fucking break. Give me a break with that shit. Give me a break, bro. It's like ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. But um, you know, I see that a lot of people are gathering up support for Meghan and for Prince Harry. And also, shout out to Prince Harry. You know, um, I don't want to leave him out. Prince Harry was put in a very difficult situation. Your family versus the woman that you fall in love with. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of times, especially when you're an heir to the throne and when you are, you know, in line, a seat at, you have a seat at the table for power, it's hard for you to to separate church from state as the old adage it's hard for you to separate so you're saying okay am i supposed to leave my family and abandon them even though they are what they are and he's fully aware or do i leave and become persecuted and all those things because i'm with the woman who i love you know what i'm saying it's very difficult you're between a rock and a hard place and shout out to him for riding for his queen shout out to him because a lot of people in that situation and lesser preeminence positions would not do that they would abandon ship they would abandon ship. So shout out to Prince Harry. I want to say that. And, um, you know, I love that these issues are becoming more highlighted. It's becoming more commonplace for people to share their experiences, strengths and hope with the public who would otherwise be not privy to it. We know that the British royal family is racist, or at least I know that. But there's a lot of there's a large section of the U.S. population or the world population that has no idea of that. And they look at them as elegant figures who are, you know, respectful and shit. Not true. So for Megan to have the strength to say on a huge platform with Oprah fucking Winfrey that these motherfuckers are super racist, that they even had me contemplating suicide, even that, sharing that, being that vulnerable, is something that I respect. Something that should be highlighted and something that hopefully will... Again, plant the seeds of change, right? That's all we want to do. We're trying to plant the seeds of change to let everyone out there know that racism is unacceptable on any way, in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Racism is unacceptable. There's no reason, regardless of how much money you have, how much status you have, how much gravitas you have, that you need to be uh, discriminating against people especially people who become your family because of racism and also not being afraid to highlight mental health issues like dealing with depression and dealing with suicidal thoughts. When you are experiencing these outright aggressions fueled by racist actions or fueled by racism, I completely support that. Like it's a new time. There's a time where maybe a person would never speak that and hold that and have that do all those debilitating things to you. And she's saying, hey, I stand to gain nothing from this. You know what I'm saying? Meghan Markle will not gain anything from this except attention. But she won't gain money. She won't gain, you know, sponsorships or whatever like that. People actually, more people will probably dislike her after she shared this story. And she's still like, fuck it. These motherfuckers put me through hell. Had me contemplating killing myself to escape. I'm not letting y'all slide. Shout out to the Black Queen, Meghan Markle, for doing that, and hopefully this story can have an happy ending. You know, obviously we know that their are racist, and their racist ways will not change. But as far as Meghan and Harry, like, I, we just hope that you know they can be happy and they raise a son to be healthy and and uh, well adjusted and a, and a positive citizen of the world, and that's all you can hope for. Um, so. You know, those are just my brief thoughts on it. It was an entertaining interview. You know, Oprah is the queen. She could do everything. And uh, it was it was a bit eye-opening. I can't say it was really eye-opening for me because I know these motherfuckers in England is racist. <laughs> I know that. Like, you just listen to black actors in Hollywood, you know, talking about their experiences with racism in Britain. Like Daniel Kaluuya or uh, uh, Damson Idris, who's Franklin on Snowfall, or Idris, or... You know, uh, what's the homie from Bridgerton? I don't know his name. That dude, like they all talk about that shit openly, how racist Britain is. So, you know, shout out to Meghan Markle, shout out to Prince Harry, shout out to Oprah for highlighting for the general public something that may that people may not have known. Um, and hopefully, you know, it's just a happy ending to their story. You know, there's just is money is is more than money. It's not about money, it's about money can't make you happy. So people going be like, oh, but they rich that's if you are rich if you got a million dollars in the bank and you still want to kill yourself you still want to kill yourself like it doesn't the money won't help that so i just hope that you know there's a happy ending and the light at the end of the tunnel for megan and harry and i'm thankful that they were strong enough brave enough to share their story and even not worry about how they'll be perceived in the future i think that's valuable so Shout out again to Meghan and Harry and Oprah Winfrey, lefty. Our next caucasity story that I have on the docket for you is something that I don't even know how to. I don't even know how to express how stupid this shit is. And it is true caucasity. Caucasity is the audacity of the white people. I'm going to read you this article. High school announcer says he called a basketball team a racial slur because of his diabetes.
1: Got it. Get the fuck out of here, nigga.
0: You heard me right. High school announcer says he called basketball team a racial slur because of his diabetes. Now, before I read the article, actually, let me play you the clip. It's like a minute and 30 seconds long basically they're saying there's just like a regular you know sports announcing all right now we will pause for the national anthem and then a basketball team a women's basketball team decided to take a knee and the announcer did not know the mic was still on and you can hear it it's kind of low and the footage is the footage is not great i think it was recorded on a cell phone or something and um he's as he sees them taking a knee he gets upset and he calls him a racial slur i'm just gonna play it for you so you can try and try your best to hear it i'll highlight what he said if you guys did not have it if you guys had trouble deciphering what was said because this footage is not great so this is the uh the the clip and we will be right back here live after the national anthem ladies and gentlemen. Stop.
1: i huh? Norman. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, ladies. Come on, man. Let's sit. They're going to like that Hello.
0: So if you couldn't really hear it because of the poor quality, um, basically, is the announcer is like a regular telecast of of a basketball game, then the anthem starts to play and they don't realize that his microphone is on. And he's saying, how could they kneel like that? And then he called them fucking niggers. So I'm going to read you this article. An Oklahoma basketball announcer who was caught on a hot mic calling members of an all-girls high school team the N-word for kneeling during the national anthem is now blaming the outburst on his diabetes. I will state that I suffer from type 1 diabetes, and during the game, my sugar was spiking. The announcer, Matt Rowan, told TMZ Sports. The rowan claimed it is not unusual when my sugar spikes that I become disoriented and often say things that are not appropriate as well as hurtful. The 44 year old was caught using the profanity lace slur during Thursday night's playoff game between Norman High School and Midwest City High School. He said, quote, they're kneeling. Fucking niggers. I hope Norman gets their ass kicked. Fuck them. I hope they lose. They're going to kneel like that, he said, as the entire Norman team took a knee. Rowan apologized for his remarks, telling TMZ Sports, I'm absolutely speechless for my rhetoric. I want to offer my deepest apologies to these girls because I hurt them. I want to take ownership of my actions, he added. Never my intention to hurt anyone. I am sickened by what I said, and I am so sorry for what I have said. The announcer received intense backlash from professional athletes, including Norman's head coach. Quote, tell us how you really feel. This is why they kneel. Coach Frankie Parks tweeted, referring to the athletes who kneel during the national anthem to protest racial injustice. The National Federation of State High School Network, which produced the live stream, said it is cutting ties with the broadcast crew. The NFHS Network. Firmly condemns racism, hate, and discrimination, and there is no room for this in high school sports or anywhere. The organization said in a statement on Friday.
1: Get the fuck out of here, nigga.
0: Now, this is some true blue bullshit. This is caucasity at its ultimate core, and I know people too with who had type one diabetes and who have type two diabetes. When their sugar gets low. Usually, sometimes they are a little irritable. Sometimes they are a little cranky sometimes. And oftentimes, I should say, they're very low energy when their sugar gets low. But I have never heard of someone saying, yeah, you know, I just threw out that F word and the N word to people, to black people, because my sugar was low. Like that is is such bullshit. It's such bullshit. And then he said it. Oh, when my sugar gets low, I say fucked up shit all the time like how is that an excuse how is that an excuse your sugar's low so now you just start saying racial slurs to people like nigga what what it's so ridiculous dog it's like the caucasity the caucasity in 2021 it's on a different level man it's on a different level and i said it last what was i think it was last week Or two weeks, yeah, it was last week. I said, Watch, I'm gonna be covering Caucasity stories almost every week because, fam, it's like it's just like the audacity of it. Is that's what and that's what Caucasity means. But, fam, you think just when you think you heard it all, just when you think you've seen it all, here comes something like this I threw out the N word, a racial slur pointed at black women who are. Uh, peacefully protesting against this set, so this exact thing that you just said, the racism, because my sugar was low and I have type 1 diabetes. And I do it all the time. That's, he tried to make it sound like, oh yeah, you know, I do this shit all the time. When my sugar gets low, I just be cussing everybody out. That's inappropriate. And he's 44 years old. This is not an 18-year-old. This is not a young child. This is a grown-ass fucking man who's been doing this shit probably his whole career. You know, because they have that button on the microphones. You could switch it and mute it. So he probably mutes the mic all the time and says, fuck these niggers or, you know, I hate niggers or all this shit. So, man, I got no sympathy for him. I hope nothing. I hope that he gets fully, 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 like, destroyed in the court of public opinion and in terms of his employment, that he can never work again in, in that field. Like... Man, I swear, like the the audacity of it, man, is just so, it's so sickening, it's sickening. And you can't, if you're 44 years old and you see women, young women kneeling, peacefully protesting, young black women peacefully protesting, there's one, there's no way you don't know what's going on. You don't know the climate. There's no way that you don't know that. Colin Kaepernick, that was 2016, it's 2021, it's been five years. There's no way that you don't know that. So you can't even claim ignorance on that. So you see that, you see them peacefully protesting, they're not rioting, they're not doing anything like that, and you want to call them niggers. That's how you think, that's not because of your diabetes, that's not because your sugar was low, that's, be- that's the type of person you are. You're a racist, and you don't like when black people express themselves and showcase peaceful protests to let the public know that they don't stand for racial injustice that's that's the that's the answer niggas could try to clean it up all they want oh oh yeah you know i forgot my insulin at home my sugar was low that is how you think you're a certified bona fide racist i hope nothing good happens to you in the future i hope you receive no more employment opportunities i hope you get fully 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 raked through the coals of public opinion and that this affects your hiring in the future Also, shame on to his other co-hosts who are complicit in it because he wasn't hosting by himself. He had partners there. They heard it, too. They didn't say, yo, what you doing? What are you doing? They quietly kept it moving because that is normal. That's normal. That type of racism is normal and it's unacceptable, in my opinion. So, you know, I hope that this man fully, fully, fully is subject to all the penalties of his actions. There's no excuse that validates his actions. You know what I'm saying? Because if if that excuse works, right? If he says, oh yeah, you know, I just threw out the racial slur because my sugar was low. Then that means that nigga could go out, shoot somebody in the head and say, oh yeah, you know, man, I was so irritable. My sugar was low. Fuck out of here. Fuck out of here. That's true blue bullshit. And I hope that this man never gets a chance to do any work in the field in the future, I hope that every person or company that he is affiliated with cuts ties with him because that is certified, bona fide bullshit. And that's caucasity. I I probably, I can guess that for the rest of the year, there's going to be a caucasity story in 80% of the future pods. I can gar- I almost guarantee it that there's going to be a caucasity story in it because caucasity in itself is a pandemic, a bigger pandemic than covid because it's not about it's not about you know the other things that lead you to it. It's how you really feel. He really felt in that moment seeing those black women kneel that they were niggers. That's how he felt. So there's no way to clean that up and it's happened so many times where you know white people are overtly racist and they try to Profess ignorance, or they try to say, "Oh, I had no idea," or they try to even use excuses like this. And we are evolving to the point where we're saying, "Bro, this shit is not acceptable," and you finna get, you finna get it, you finna get it. So, shout out to megan Markle for doing what she did, shedding light on the racist history of the royal family, and also big shout out and big love to those young women on that high school basketball team. Keep kneeling. Keep standing up for what you believe in. And this is why you kneel. You kneel because of this. The kneeling has nothing to do with the anthem, which is racist in its own history. The kneeling has nothing to do with police, which are racist in their own history. The kneeling is against racism, period. And you do not stand for an anthem that allows the country to be overtly racist towards you. And sees you as second class. Sees you as less than. We don't accept that. We don't stand for that. So big shout out and big love to those young women on that high school basketball team. Keep kneeling. Keep using your voice. Keep protesting. Keep your voices active in the space because it is so impactful. You guys kneeling did something that maybe standing would never be able to do. Expose a racist. So that in itself is why you guys should keep kneeling and keep standing up for what you believe in. And I'm so proud of you guys for doing that. And, man, I hope to see more and more of it because racism is something that we cannot stand for any longer. And and I'm just proud of those young women. I'm just so proud of those young women. So shout out again to them and fuck Matt Rowan and your diabetes could both go to hell. So fuck you. And that's what I got on that. That's it on that. Next on the docket, we have to uh, highlight a story that came out of Minnesota and has to deal with our fallen brother, George Floyd. Uh, This article is from the Associated Press. The city of Minneapolis on Friday agreed to pay $27 million to settle a civil lawsuit from George Floyd's family over the black man's death in police custody. As jury selection continued in a former officer's murder trial, council members met privately to discuss the settlement, then returned to public session for a unanimous vote in support of the massive payout. It easily surpassed the 20 million that the city approved two years ago to the family of a white woman, of a white woman who was killed by a police officer. Floyd's family attorney Ben Crump called it the largest pre-trial settlement ever for a civil rights claim and thanked city leaders for "quote showing that you care about George Floyd." He also said, "It is going to be a long journey to justice. This is one step." on the journey to justice but this makes a statement that george floyd deserved better than what we witnessed on may 25th 2020 that george floyd's life mattered and by that extension black lives matter even though my brother is not here he is here with me in my heart Philonese floyd said if i could get him back i will give all of this back L. Chris Stewart, another attorney who worked with the family, says the size of the settlement changes evaluations and civil rights for a black person when they die. And what happens is it trickles down to decisions in communities across the country. When there is a city council or a mayor deciding, should we get rid of no knock warrants? Should we get rid of chokeholds? Do we want to change these policies? They have 27 million reasons now why they should. And that will make decisions happen. That will make accountability happen. Floyd was declared dead on May the 25th after Derek Chauvin, who was white, pressed his knee against his neck for about nine minutes. Floyd's death sparked sometimes violent protests in Minneapolis and beyond and led to a national reckoning on racial justice. Floyd's family filed the federal civil rights lawsuit in July against the city. Chauvin and three other fired officers were charged in his death. It alleged that the officers violated Floyd's rights when they restrained him and that the city allowed a culture of excessive force, racism and impunity to to flourish in its police force. It wasn't immediately clear how the settlement might affect the trial or or the jury now being selected to hear it. Crump said to the, Crump said the settlement is a way to shape what justice looks like rather than waiting for a result from a legal system that many blacks distrust. The one thing we know as black people is that there is no guarantee that a police officer will be convicted for killing a black person unjustly in our country. Crump said that is what history has taught us. Stewart said the civil case doesn't have anything to do with the trial. Justice doesn't really wait, he said. It happens when it happens, and it happened today. So, uh congratulations for the family for receiving this settlement, this payout for George Floyd's wrongful death because it was wrong and it was gruesome and it was so sad and heartbreaking to see. Um, but there is also an update in the uh, police officer Derek Chauvin's case. So I'm going to read that to you. Judge, reinstates third-degree murder charge against ex-cop Derek Chauvin in George Floyd's death. Hennepin County District Judge Peter Cahill has reinstated a third-degree murder charge against the former Minneapolis police officer accused of killing George Floyd. Cahill granted the request from prosecutors to reinstate the charge after the former officer Derek Chauvin failed to get the state Supreme Court to block it. Chauvin, who knelt on George Floyd's neck for about nine minutes on May the 25th, is already charged with second degree murder, which carries a maximum sentence of 40 years, as well as second degree manslaughter. The third degree murder charge carries a maximum sentence of 25 years. Cahill said Thursday that he is now bound by a ruling stemming from a recent decision involving the conviction of former officer Mohammed Noor, which stated that a third degree murder charge can be applied to acts directed toward a single person. I am granting the motion because although these cases are factually different, that is, nor, and the case before us, I don't think it is factu- it, it is a factual difference that weighs in favor of denying the motion to reinstate, Cahill said. Cahill said, a legal principle had been established as precedent. When the intent is directed at a single person, then third degree murder may apply. Single acts directed to a single person fall within the gambit of murder in the third degree. Accordingly, I am bound by that. Legal experts say the additional charge give jurors another option to convict Chauvin of murder. The state must see it as a win. And if they try so hard to get it, said Richard Fraze, a criminal law professor at the University of Minnesota, it gives them another way to get a murder conviction. Frey said that although he believes the prosecutors have at least a good chance on the second degree murder charge, the middle charge of third degree murder allows a compromise verdict if any judge if any jurors resist convicting for a charge as high as second degree murder. It also provides more of a scope for a plea bargain, which sometimes happens even after a jury selection has begun. Chauvin and the three other officers who were at the scene were fired the day after Floyd's death and later arrested. The three officers, Thomas Lane, Jay Kung, and To Tao, were also charged with aiding and abetting second-degree murder and manslaughter. They are expected to go to trial in August. Prosecutors want to add charges of aiding and abetting third-degree murder against him as well. Cahill said Thursday that that will be resolved later. Six jurors have been seated just two days after the screening, a multiracial woman and five men, three of whom are white, one who is black and another who is Hispanic. The six jurors selected Thursday said he is a truck driver and a fan of true crime podcasts. Opening statements are likely to begin March 29th. As scheduled. So I want to say again, congratulations to the family um, for receiving the settlement in the civil rights trial um, against the state. Um, this is a major victory. And like the attorney said, it sets a precedent when politicians meet and say, Do we want to get rid of certain policies that are implemented? Do we want to change certain codes of conduct? Do we want to revise? quote-unquote the letter of the law that now they have ironclad uh, an ironclad case to do so because in uh brianna taylor received i want to i'm guessing uh, again please don't get mad if i get the number wrong i believe brianna taylor's family received 13 million in a settlement and now george ford's family is receiving 27 million so it's showing that you know in these in these cases where it is outright racism or police error or police errors fueled by racism that is costly. So now it's going to start to change policies. Now it's going to start to change protocols. And that's important. All the money in the world will not bring George Floyd back. And George Floyd's life is not worth an X amount of dollars. We're not saying that George Floyd's life is worth $27 million or less or more. But but what I can say about it and how I can spend this positively is It used to be police could murder black people and nothing would happen. We saw it happen with policemen and non-policemen, with Trayvon Martin, who was murdered by a civilian, with Freddie Gray, with Terrence Crutcher, with uh, uh, Sean Bell, with Amadou Diallo. The list goes on and on and on and on. But now it seems like at least in 2021, there is consequences for it. Now, we don't know the extent. We don't know how the trial is going to go. I don't know. But at least for the family's sake, they are given something to that that alerts them that the state knows, regardless of how the trial goes, because we don't ha- I don't have any faith in the justice system. But as far as the tr- as far as the settlement goes, it's showing them that the state admits wrongdoing and they are paying for the actions of a public servant in the state. So, you know, I again, rest in peace, George Floyd. Um, I don't want anyone to feel like his death was in vain and that this story is over because they received a payout. It's not over. The trial is still scheduled to be held. It's going to be a highly, highly, highly publicized trial. Um, but the impact of George Floyd is starting this, this national, um, this national or how can I even phrase this? The beauty of George Floyd's life and death is that it sparked this national outrage toward policing processes and how black people are targeted and unjustly treated compared to white people. That's that's what I need. That's the perfect way to say it. So George Floyd can yell and scream that I cannot breathe while a policeman is pressing his knee into his neck, cutting off his airflow Meanwhile, a man like Dylan Roof, who was a murderer who murdered nine black people in a church and then went on the run, was then taken to a Burger King to get food after he was captured. So certain things like that is like, OK, now you're seeing that we're not bullshit, we're not capping, we're not making nothing up. George Floyd could be executed in the street for public people to, for the public view and a young man who murdered black people on purpose. And then when on the run after it's taken to Burger King to get food. So I think that the tides are starting to change. And again, the seeds of change are being planted. And again, money won't bring back George Floyd. But George Floyd's impact and his life and his legacy will definitely change America and the justice system as a whole and policing as a whole. So. That is the positive I can spin from it. Again, rest in peace to George Floyd. Rest in peace, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and all the other great young black people that we have lost. And um, hopefully, you know, this is this is real shit. Like this is the beginning of a new beginning or a new day in America where police aren't just given a slap on the wrist for all the evil that they do and all the evil that they've been empowered to do. And that's something that positive that I can take from it. So. Again, rest in peace, rest in power to George Floyd. Last on the docket, I want to give a shout out. Big love, big praise, big appreciation to two black kings, Timbaland and Swiss Beats, for their new Versus deal. Hold on, let me get some air horns for these brothers. Let me get some air horns. Versus, which quickly grew to become a cultural mainstay in the pandemic era, has been acquired by the Triller app's parent company, Triller Network. The move, announced Tuesday, also sees Versus creator SwizzBeats and Timbaland joining the Triller Versus management team and serving as brand visionaries. This is a momentous occasion, not only for Versus and Triller, but for the music business as a whole. SwizzBeats and Timbaland said in a joint statement shared to Complex via email on Tuesday, By putting Versus in the Triller network ecosystem and expanding the Versus brand to be side-by-side with the powerful Triller app, we will be able to continue to grow and evolve the music business as a whole as we've been doing. To have partners in Triller who share our vision, specifically to celebrate and elevate the amazing artists who continue to shape culture around the world and give the consumer more direct access is game-changing. Swizzbeats and Timberland added that they are also happy to recognize all the artists who have helped bring Triller to the forefront. To bring Versus to the forefront, I should say. I'm sorry. Our dream, the artist's dream, today is realized, which is no small feat. Triller Versus is a company that is by the artist, for the artist, and with the people, the two said. The deal sees both Swizzbeats and Timberland being made large shareholders in the Triller network while also allocating a portion of their equity in the Triller vs. Combined Company to the 43 artists who are already part of the vs. universe. The artists confirmed to be made shareholders and partners in the Triller Network include John Legend, DMX, Alicia Keys, 2 Chainz, Rick Ross, 2 Short, Patti LaBelle, Gucci Mane, Jeezy, E-40, Bounty Killer, D'Angelo, Ludacris, RZA, The Dream, Babyface, Nelly, Jagged Edge, Fred Hammond, Jada Kiss, Fabulous, Brandy, Monica, Gladys Knight, Boy Wanda, Hit Boy, Neo, Jonta Austin, Scott Storch, T Payne, Little John, DJ Premier, Manny Fresh, Erica Badu, Jill Scott, Beanie Man, Bounty Killer, 112, Kirk Franklin, Sean Garrett, and D'Angelo. As mentioned in the press release, our plans for the Versus experience to further expand into sports verticals, comedy, and other live mediums in the future. Again, air horns for these brothers and this deal. This is some real deal shit. Air horns. I need my air horns for these brothers. I love to see black people reaping the benefits of their hard work. Versus was something that we were looking forward to each week. When the pandemic was at its height, when things weren't open, when we couldn't go outside versus was something that helped us get through it and helped us and keep us entertained in this tumultuous time. And it's so glad I'm so happy to see the brothers get rewarded for their hard work, for their genius idea. And they hooked up everybody who who participated in the event. They hooked up everybody who wanted to be a part of the event. And it's, like, so fire to see. Like, I love to see when people bring up their, you know, bring up their people who helped them. You know what I'm saying? Swizz and Tim could have easily just cashed out because it was their idea. But they said, no, these people helped us. These people helped establish the brand. These people helped us get into a meeting with you guys, Triller. And it's, it's so dope. Like, and it's just so something that's great to see. And the seeds of change are being planted. I keep saying it. In social issues, in racial issues, and now in entertainment, it's usually companies try to buy out the ideas or try to acquire, you know, these um, these startups, and not really necessarily pay what it's really worth, or even give seats at the table. That's the most important thing: seats at the table, so where these people can now make decisions and help shape. The future of the app or the future of entertainment and it's just something that's like super dope like so shout out again to swizz and tim for this billion dollar idea in verses and successfully selling it to triller and triller also just saying not just saying we want your we already we just want your product and that's it but also allowing swizz and tim to have seats at the table and for them to give equity to everyone who participated in it i think this shit is super 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 fire and hopefully it sets a precedent that in business, companies don't just try to acquire companies, they, they also try to understand the brands and include the creators that make it to the level where it got their attention in the first place. So, big shout out to those those Black Kings and I truly appreciate them and what they did with the platform and how they have uh established it and pushed it forward. So I just wanted to end the podcast with some positivity and some, some great, like, you know, just a great story about, you know, black Kings who are out here getting it. And, uh, I love that shit. So shout out again to Swiss beats and Timberland and that guys will wrap it up. Episode number 52 of the Bronx bias podcast is in the book's I am your host once again. My name is Denzel, aka Harry Potter, aka DeBron James. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for thank you to everyone who tunes in, likes, subscribes, shares and supports. Thank you to everyone who has been active and engaging on social media with me. I appreciate all you guys' love and support. Thank you to all the essential workers out there and finally thank you to all the people out here who are continuously using their voices to affect change in a positive way them stimmies is about to hit be responsible with your shit but you can have a crab leg you can treat yourself to a lobster tail you know what i'm saying you can treat yourself to a nice little steak but you know be responsible with that stimmy money um enjoy this weather because i don't know how long it's going to last it might be 30 degrees next week and snowing you never know what this weather is still technically winter so don't get spoiled on this good weather either and um I will see you guys next week. And I'm going to fade you guys out this week with a great, great song. Another one of my favorites. It is called The Choreographer by Action Bronson. Off of the album Blue Chip 7000. Uh, have a great week. A great weekend. Be safe out there. Remember COVID is real. Wear that mask. Wash them hands. Social distance. And this has been the Bronx Bias Podcast. Episode number 52. We are Out.
1: be no lie. What I do to have a life like this? Ass so fat on my wife like shit. And your boy got a stomach like Buddha. lid hanging from the ceiling of the Cougar. High. 50K in a swim trunk. In a brown paper bag like a kid's lunch. Thug dancing in a sippy cup. A hundred dollars worth of haze and a blunt bitch. I'm the man right now. I got the plan right now. Fuck that. I'ma show you how to move. I'ma show you how to dance. Got the pistol in my pants. I got the pistol in my pants. I'ma show you how to dance. Uh, one time for the big girls. Two times for the big girls. Oh, you know that I need that. Uh, you can find me where the weed at. One time for the big girls. Two times for the big girls. Oh, you know that I need that. Uh, you can find me with a weed at. Somebody sleeping in my bed All I do is bump through hell Damn, I should have think the blue pill It's too real I sign for two for 22 mil Option for the third You ain't popping on the curb We never see you in the street And me, I'm always on the town You hear me? I'm the man right now I got the plan right now Fuck that I got the world in my hand right now I should be somewhere sunny getting tan right now I'ma show you how to move, I'ma show you how to dance. Got the-